Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com. It's Wednesday, June 29th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. The American Rescue Plan includes $4 billion worth of debt relief for farmers of color. But many of those farmers are still waiting. It says volumes of distrust, volumes of things of hurt, of pain to the farmers of color in America. We will examine how the fight over debt relief is impacting one Midwestern farmer in just a few minutes. U.S. Representative Mary Miller has easily won the Republican primary for the new Illinois 15th Congressional District. St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmidt reports the freshman congresswoman was endorsed by former President Donald Trump heading into yesterday's vote. Miller defeated fellow Republican Congressman Rodney Davis in a race for the heavily Republican district that includes a portion of the Metro East. The primary win makes her the heavy favorite in November. Each candidate's Republican credentials came to define the race, something Miller highlighted at a rally last weekend near Quincy. Speaking alongside Trump, she said Davis is part of the establishment. I'm not a career politician. I am one of you. My husband and I have been grain and cattle farmers for over 40 years. Miller and Davis faced each other because of redistricting. Her blowout victory after receiving an endorsement from the former president showcased Trump's popularity with Illinois Republicans. I'm Eric Schmid, St. Louis Public Radio. Other results from yesterday's Illinois primary include former teacher and entrepreneur Regan Deering from Decatur winning the Republican nod in the 13th Congressional District, while former Biden aide Nikki Budzinski won the Democratic nod in that district, which includes some of the Metro East. Darren Bailey won the Republican nomination for governor. He faces incumbent Democrat J.B. Pritzker in November. Mawa Iqbal reports. A few hundred people packed Bailey's campaign party here in Effingham. They chanted, we want Bailey, as he and his wife Cindy walked onto the stage to deliver the victory speech. This race is about jobs and crime. And on those issues, voters know that J.B. Pritzker has failed us. The hard work of this campaign is only just the beginning. Bailey took an early lead in the night after securing the Chicago area's collar counties. He says he's so far gotten support for his win from all of his primary competitors, except for Aurora Mayor Richard Irvin. The more moderate Irvin was backed by over $50 million from billionaire Ken Griffin. I'm Mawa Iqbal. As for Pritzker, he says the Baileys of the world want people to feel alone despite common struggles. They want to distract us into believing that gay marriage, black history, Disney World, and library books are more of a threat to our children than AR-15s and ghost guns. Pritzker is also attacking Bailey for seeking and ultimately winning the endorsement of former President Donald Trump. In Missouri, there is another entrant in the crowded race to replace retiring U.S. Republican Senator Roy Blunt. John Wood is running as an independent candidate. He had been a lawyer for the January 6th committee. The former federal prosecutor in Kansas City says he's a mainstream Republican concerned about Missouri's deep political divisions. Governor Mike Parson says the health department is evaluating whether a near-total ban on abortion will also affect contraception. The state was the first to enact a trigger ban last week after the U.S. Supreme Court overturned the constitutional right to abortion. 
Birth control is not mentioned, but some, including former Senator Claire McCaskill, believe the law is worded to make it a crime to use certain types of contraception. Parson was pressed repeatedly on whether people should be worried about access to birth control. I think that Department of Health will be make those clarifications for us. I think they're in the process of making that clarification so everybody knows how we're going to read that. The governor was in St. Louis yesterday to tout investments in programs to reduce violent crime. That Supreme Court decision is also sparking fears that gay marriage could be in jeopardy. As St. Louis Public Radio's Farrah Anderson reports, members of Missouri's LGBTQ community worry the ruling could allow legislators to deny them the right to marry. Kyle Gunning and Brian Garrison recently decided to get married. The two met in St. Louis seven years ago, right after the U.S. Supreme Court legalized gay marriage. When Justice Clarence Thomas wrote last week that the court could revisit the gay marriage decision, they became concerned for their future. Gunning says he's now worried they'll have to move to Illinois or another state where legislators are unlikely to outlaw gay marriage. The idea that we would have to move anywhere else to be able to live our lives safely and and not have to worry about our protections is scary and, and very sad and disappointing. Gunning says he's trying to make sure that he and Garrison have power of attorney for each other to ensure they can both make health decisions. I'm Farrah Anderson, St. Louis Public Radio. It's been more than a year since the U.S. Department of Agriculture promised to erase $4 billion worth of debt for, quote, socially disadvantaged farmers. That means farmers of color who have been historically discriminated against by the agency. But because of ongoing lawsuits, some brought by white farmers, that relief has yet to arrive. Harvest Public Media's Dana Cronin reports on how the endless waiting is weighing on one Midwestern farmer. Barbara Norman farms on land her grandfather bought in 1945 in Covert, Michigan, after his family migrated north from Mississippi, where they were sharecroppers. Today, it's known as Barbara's Blueberry Batch. These are blue crops. They are traditional. Everybody loves blue crops. They're sweet. They're not as large as those. In March of 2021, Barbara got a letter from the U.S. Department of Agriculture that lifted a huge weight off her shoulders. United States Department of Agriculture Farm Service Agency said I was going to pay off $385,657.56. This has been promised over a year ago. And that's only one of the promised payoffs. In total, the FSA promised to relieve Barbara of about a half million dollars of debt she owes them. She's taken out loans from the FSA to buy things like equipment for her farm. But the relief hasn't come. She's one of thousands of farmers across the country who's waiting on the debt forgiveness after it was signed into law last year under the American Rescue Plan Act. Since then, the funding has fallen into legal limbo after facing multiple lawsuits from banks and from white farmers alleging discrimination. When the letter arrived at Barbara's house last year, she says she felt an overwhelming sense of relief. But now she worries it will never come. And it's got you in a limbo. Because, see, then you missed a year or two years because you're waiting for this to get paid off. But you realize if they never pay, you've got to farm, you've got to do whatever you've got to do. This isn't the first time Barbara's waited on federal relief money. 
In a famous case from 1999, known as Pigford versus Glickman, black farmers sued the USDA for racial discrimination. The resulting pair of settlements allocated about $2 billion for black farmers. Barbara filed a claim, but was denied. She was told she was not discriminated against and therefore wasn't eligible for a payout. She wonders if history will repeat itself. If this American Rescue Plan Act of 2021 is not adhered to, not taken care of, it says volumes of distrust, volumes of things, of hurt, of pain to the farmers of color in America. And it could have real consequences for her farm. Because before she got the letter from the FSA relieving her of debt, they were threatening to accelerate her loans or face foreclosure. Are you scared of losing your farm? I don't want to and I pray every day and no, because I'm going to keep fighting. Over the past century, black farmers have lost more than $300 billion worth of farmland, according to one study, due to the USDA's discriminatory lending practices. Barbara's determined not to let that happen to her farm. But she says she won't pass it down to the next generation unless it's debt-free. So without this federal relief, Barbara's blueberry batch could be lost in yet another preventable closure of a Black-owned farm. I'm Dana Cronin, Harvest Public Media. Harvest Public Media is a collaboration of public radio stations reporting on agricultural issues. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Have a great day. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.